Hey guys, we are so glad you're here with us at Journey Church Online. I want you to know God has something so amazing for you today. This service was made with you in mind, so make sure that you take the opportunity to lean into the truth that is spoken. As we jump into the service, I want to encourage you to share this video with someone. The small action of sharing the service can be the start of life change for whoever sees it. Hey guys, welcome to Journey Online. Uh, we are so glad you guys are joining us again today. And man, last week Pastor Daniel did a great job teaching on tearing down, if you will, but victory over strongholds. And hopefully, prayerfully, you have you know discovered what that one thing is, or maybe whenever he was teaching, it was obvious to you what that one thing was, and you have taken the steps, you know, and began that process this week of being able to find victory in that area and be able to defeat that stronghold in your life. Well, today we're talking about victory over sin. And you might say, well, a stronghold is sin. We understand that. But the thing is, it's too often we see Christians living as captives whenever they've been set free. And then oftentimes we see believers and followers of Christ saying that, you know, hey, I just can't seem to win in this certain area. Maybe that, like I said, it's a stronghold. But the thing is, is we have been given victory over sin. And what a great time to talk about victory and a time to talk about freedom as we uh, come to this 4th of July weekend. And uh, so hopefully, prayerfully, God is going to speak to you through his word, and uh, Apostle Paul has, has wrote uh, an incredible letter to the church in Rome there, and he's kind of talking about the power that we have and the freedom that we have in Christ because of what Christ did on the cross and because of what he did through the power of the resurrection. And so today we're talking about victory over sin, so a question often kind of comes up, you know, what is sin or what is a sin? But I want to kind of talk a little bit about where it starts at and it backs up all the way to Lucifer here. And so when we talk about what sin is, the sin that corrupted Lucifer was self-generated pride. You go back in, into the heavenlies. You know, in the heavenlies, here is the, the leader of worship there in heaven was Lucifer, one of the most beautiful angels of all, but he was corrupted by self-generated pride. Pride is one of those things that takes down so many. And, uh, you know, we, we let pride build up, and all of a sudden, you know, we, we think we're a little bit better than we ought to be, and, and oftentimes we, we tumble and, and fall, and it's been modeled by the... The father of all uh, lies and the father of all sin. But, but sin originated in the free will of Lucifer in which, with the full understanding of the issues involved, he chose to rebel against the Creator. Not content with his position, he desired to be higher than God. And then after he's cast out of heaven, renamed Satan, he brought sin to the human race in the Garden of Eden where he tempted Adam and Eve with the same enticement. You will be like God in Genesis 3, 5. So what we see in that is that's where sin originates. You know, it's, it's that, it's, again, it's, it's pride. It's, it's, it's wanting to be like God. It's wanting to go against God. It's wanting to go against His teachings. It wants to go against His law, against His Word. And so in First John, look at what it says in First John here. It says, everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And so whenever we have the Word of God and we have God's law, you know, most of us, we often think about maybe the Ten Commandments. You know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery. But really there's a lot of different ways that we, we commit sin. It could be jealousy, it could be uh, lust, it could be greed, it could be envy. You know, and there's just a myriad of different ways that we go against the teachings of Jesus Christ and the teachings that we see even in the Mosaic Law 
But the thing is, is what we do is we go against those things. And, you know, on, you know we, we literally go against those things on purpose, oftentimes, because we just desire those things. The other thing is we were born into that sin. And so look at what it says here. It says, sin leads to death. And so sin leads to death. Sin is what separates us from God. And it also is what causes us to breathe our last in this body one day. So look at this passage here. Out of Romans 5.12, it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world, and Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And so, in other words, it was not God's intention that man would, would, you know, would die, but sin determined that, you know what, there will be death. And then later on, God would even number the, the days that a man would live, you know, that there would be no, no more than 120 years. And so God would say, Hey, listen, the sin has caused this death. So that's a physical death. And we often talk about there's a physical death, but there's also a spiritual death. And that spiritual death is that separation from God. And uh, it's that chasm, you know, that we can't get to God. We can't connect with God because there's sin and God doesn't, you know, he hates sin. And too often what we literally become is we become sin because of what Adam did. The blood of Adam running through our veins is what has entered into the world. It brings about physical death and a spiritual death. And then look at what it says here in Romans uh, Romans 3.20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. And so here's the thing. That, that rift, that chasm, that, that gap, if you would, that was there, literally is what has separated us from God. And so what man wants to do is let's do religion. Let's create religion. Let's try to earn our way or work our way to God. And so by doing that, they, we think that, hey, we'll bridge that gap. And we're, we just can't do it. You know, and, and look at the passage again. It says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us sin, how sinful we are. In other words, what the law reveals is that none of us can keep every single letter of the law. You know, we, we can't do it. We, we, there's, there's times we see somebody driving a nice car, man, and all of a sudden we're envious of them. That's sin. You know, you're jealous of someone. And all of a sudden that jealousy creeps in, you know, and that's sin. You know, or, or anger that does not honor God or that is not righteous anger. Man, it takes over. All of a sudden, you're, you're living in sin or you're walking in sin. You know, you lie about something. We call it a little white lie. That's sin. And so that sin separates us. So the, the law reveals how sinful we are. So when we look at the law, the law is, is telling us, you know what, man, you're, you're a sinful person. And, and so for me, whenever I look back and, you know, and I realize, you know what, man, I, I'm a sinner. Man, I have messed up. I have blown. I've gone against God's teaching. I've broken the very things he said not to do. And so by doing that, it reveals my need for a Savior. It reveals your need for a Savior. And so we are sinful people. We have this flesh that hangs on us that we battle with. And so this flesh is always wanting to do what the sinful nature is about. But the Spirit, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, but the Spirit wants to do what God wants us to do. But this flesh that is that's hanging on us, that is decaying, that is dying, that one day we'll breathe our last, is always about the sinful nature. So look at what it says in Romans 3.23 here. It says, for everyone is sin. We have all fallen short of God's glorious standard. We've all missed it. You know, and really the word sin uh, is an archery term in the Old Testament where it meant to miss the mark. Like if you were drawing back a bow and you were letting it go and it was off mark, kind of like in golf, you would say four. Well, in this, in archery, you would holler sin and it meant that you had missed the mark. And all of us have missed the mark. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. His standard is holiness, is righteousness, is, is perfection. And none of us can get there. All of us have blown it. All of us have messed up because we have the, the blood of Adam in, in us. And one of the things, you know, that we obviously can look back into the Bible, we can see that all of us, you know, even the, the sin of racism that is rampant right now. 
It, 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 it literally, it, you know, we go back to Adam. We all come from the same couple, Adam and Eve. We come from them. So we're all family down the road there. But the thing is, is racism has creeped in. And literally it becomes this sinful thing because we hate someone because of the color they are or because of where they're from or whatever it might be. And so we've got to be willing to say, God, you know, I don't want to think like that, like the flesh. I want to be led by the Spirit. So God created Adam and Eve and literally gave us the, the entire uh, population that we have through that couple. And so we've got to say, you know, God, I, I don't want to be sinful, but everyone has sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. There's nobody righteous, no, not one. And so here's what I love in this next part. God's grace and our faith come into play. So God's grace is unmerited favor. God's grace is me getting something that, that I don't really deserve. You know, and so, so God's grace comes into play here when we see the message of the gospel. Uh, we were trying to get to God by religion. You know, we, we, we go back and, and all of a sudden, you know, people realize, you know, hey, we can't maintain, we can't keep up. And a lot of people just gave up and said, hey, I can't keep up with it. But God provided a way. God said, you know what, there is a way. I can make a way. And so he made the way through Jesus Christ, his son. Jesus would literally leave heaven and come here and dwell among men in the, in the form, the same form that we have. And he would live a sinless life and he would go to the cross and he would bleed out his precious blood for you and for me so that we might be made right in the image of God and put in right standing with God. So God's grace in our faith. So look at this passage here out of Romans. It says, yet God freely and graciously, there's grace, graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So again, we're talking about freedom here. God's grace, our faith is going to come into play, but we receive freedom. <laughs> he did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our, for our sins. God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. I mean, it's even kind of going back. Past, present, and future sins. For he was looking ahead and including them in what we would, what would, uh, what would do in this present time. And God did, did this to demonstrate his righteousness, not ours. His righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. And there's some of you, and there's some people that believe that's just too easy. You know, we think, well, there's got to be, you know, something we've got to do. We've got to do more. Maybe it's, I've got to go to church. You know, I've got to read so many books of the Bible. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And, and all of a sudden, we think we're, we're, we've got to qualify for this. That believing, that's what Scripture says, that we think, you know, believing just seems too simple. That we, we're just going to believe in Christ. And so what we've got to be willing to do is say, you know, God, I put my confidence in you. I put my trust in you, not in what I bring to the table or what I can do to earn it. And so we've got to be careful with that. And so here, can we, so it says, declare sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on, on obeying the law. It is based on faith. There's faith. And so you putting your faith in, in Christ, and, and, and it's, it's a faith that moves. It's a faith that has action. It's a faith that surrenders. It's a faith that is, has, has movement to it, you know, adjustment to it. You know, in other words, whenever you take a step of faith, you're moving. When you put your faith in Christ, you're moving towards Him. When you believe that Christ exists, you're, you're literally moving toward Him. You're embracing Him. And so this faith is a, a faith of action that leads to those things that we do, like going to church and reading the Bible and ministering to others' needs and, and giving or sacrificing or tithing or whatever it might be. Those things come into play. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. It's by faith. And so it's by faith. 
I love this statement here. Look at this. It says, God treated Jesus like we deserve to be treated. In other words, Jesus was treated the way that we deserve to be treated. He, you know, he, he hung on a cross. He, he was beaten. He, was, he bled out. He died. He was treated the way that we needed to be treated because of our sin. But what, what God also did, he did that to Christ so that he could treat us like Jesus deserved to be treated. So in other words, instead of me having to go to a place called hell, separated from God, instead of me having to hang on a cross, Jesus went there in my place. And he went there in place of you. He's the only one that could pay the price. He's the only one that could pay the sin debt. And so God treated, you know, he treated us the way that Jesus deserved to be treated. I love that statement. Don't you love that? And so God treated Jesus like we deserve to be treated so he could treat us like Jesus deserved to be treated. I mean, I love that. And so it's a great, it's a great passage. And so I want to give you some steps to, to victory because too often I see believers and Christians continuing to live in sin. And so here's some steps that I feel like will, will help us kind of overcome some things. And again, we're still in the book of Romans, but I want you to listen to this. It says, we must know truth, resist darkness, and pursue God. You might say, well, is that works? Am I earning that? No, it's not. It's by faith we do these things. We know the truth. We, we have to hear the gospel. We respond to the gospel. We know who we are in Christ. And then resist darkness. We've got to be willing to stay away from things that we know will tempt us. Too often, we put ourselves back in the same situation over and over again. Then we wonder why we were tempted, and we wonder why we fail. And so what we've got to be able to do is say, God, I want you to help me avoid certain situations. You know, maybe there's things that will come up that we have to avoid. And then the last one here is in pursue God. So let's look at what it says here in Romans 6, 1 through 14. It says, well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God should show us more and more of his wonderful grace? No. And Paul says, of course not. You know, so what happens is some people do say, hey, well, I'm covered by grace, so I can do whatever. That's not what the Scripture teaches at all. But it says, you know, God has shown you grace, so because of Him showing you grace, you ought to live for Him. You ought to want to honor Him and live according to His teachings. And so, should we continue sinning, keep on sinning, that God should, could show us more and more of His wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, and that's a huge thing, dying to sin. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ, Jesus in baptism, we joined Him in His death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. And since we have been united with Him in His death, we also be raised to life as He was. When we do baptism, that's what we say. We say, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in the newness of life. And so a lot of times I think maybe we miss that statement in baptism. You know, for us a lot of times it's all about going through the water. You know, and I think a lot of people think, hey, well, I just got washed clean by Christ, you know, whenever I went through the waters of baptism. But what you're doing is you're dying and you're, you're making a choice. I don't care if you're six years old or 60 years old. Whenever you say, hey, man, I wanna, I've accepted Christ. I'm dying to self. I want to live for Him. You're going through the waters of baptism by saying, hey, listen, I'm being buried with Christ, being raised to walk in a newness of life. I'm a new person. I'm a new creature. I've been given a new spirit and a new name. And so I want to walk in that. But too often what it is is, hey, it's just all about getting to the baptistry. It's all about just kind of getting wet. And what we have is a lot of people walking around that are wet, but you know what? They're not, they're not dying to self. They're not living for Christ. They're not living out their faith. They just say, you know what? Hey, man, I, I went to a church. I heard the message. I got baptized, and that's it. And I'm just telling you, that's not where it ends. You know, we've got to be willing to say, God, I, I want to I be all that you have called me to be. 
I want to die to the old way of living. I want to. I don't want to continue to live a sinful life and and let people see me blowing it and over and over again. So in verse five it says, "Since we have been united with him in his death, we also will be raised to life as he was." And, and we know that our old sin selves were crucified with Christ, so that the sin might lose its power in our lives, and we are no longer slaves to sin. You know, I hear people all say, "Well, you know, I'm going to sin." The thing is, is we don't have to put ourselves in a position to where we're going to sin. You know, and, and too often what we do is we use that as justification. Well, I'm going to sin. Everybody messes up. But we don't have to continue to live in sin. The Scripture is clear about that. But often you hear, you hear uh, Christians talk about, well, I'm just no sinner saved by grace, and I'm going to mess up, and I'm going to blow it. But we are called to walk in righteousness. We are raised by the power of God from that life of sin to walk in the authority of Christ and to walk victorious and to walk in freedom, not to continue to be a slave to sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died, when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And so literally there's a, there's a transformation that takes place there. It's a prisoner exchange, if you will. When we die to self, when we die to sin, and we become alive to Christ, the Spirit of the living God is put within us. We are set free. We are literally set free from the captivity of sin, and we are able to walk in the authority of Christ, the righteousness of Christ. And too often we keep walking and going back. You know, I said this earlier, sometimes we're like, we're like captives in a, in a cage that has no gate on it, no lock on it, but we just keep going back and saying, well, I'm just living in sin, or I'm just a sinner, or whatever, instead of walking in freedom from that. And, and since we died with Christ, we know we also live with Him. And we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead, and He will never die again. Death no longer has any power over Him. When He died, He died once to break the power of sin. But now that He lives, He lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Stop making excuses for the way you live. And begin to say, you know what, God, I want to walk in that authority. I want to walk in the authority of your word. Do not let sin control the way you live. And do not give, give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument to evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Jesus even said in the great commandment, the best thing we can do is to love God with everything that's in us. To give ourselves completely is pretty much what he was saying. And here Paul is saying it again, get, to give yourselves completely to God with everything, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then the same thing is to love your neighbor as yourself. So we've got to love ourselves, we've got to love our neighbor. For you are dead, but now you have, have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you're, you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. What an awesome promise. But for us as Christians, too often, we continue to live in, in, in this defeat, and we continue to live sinful lives, and we often see people, and that's the reason the people outside are always going, man, that place is full of hypocrites, and they're right, because there's a lot of times Christians that l literally are living, you know, like they're caught up in sin, and they can't seem to win in this area, but yet they claim to be Christians who have been set free, and they claim to be under God's grace. And so, too often we, we just see people wrestle with that and they lose. And so here's what I want, want us to go back to. We must know truth. You've got to know who you are in Christ. And there may be some of you out there that you don't know where you stand with Christ. You don't know if you're saved or not. You don't know if you, if you die, you're going to go to heaven. But here's the thing. We've got to know the truth. And we've got to know the truth of God's Word. We've got to know what God's Word says and not what we think or what somebody's opinion is. But what does God's Word say? We have to know the truth of God's Word. And so as God reveals himself to us and he reveals himself through the truth of his word we know what god's word says about us 
We know that we have been purchased with a price. We know that we're a child of God. We know that we have been given freedom. We know that we no longer are a slave to sin. And so here's the thing. If we know those things, we've got to walk in that truth. And then the second thing is this. We've got to resist darkness. You know, it's, it's like an alcoholic who says, man, I know I'm an alcoholic, but I'm going to go hang out at the bar for a little while with my friends just to hang out. Well, that's silly. And that's, that's like some of you watching some of the TV shows that you watch. You say, well, you know, I, I know that lust is an issue for me, but I'm going to watch this movie because it's a chick flick and my wife likes it, and I want to watch it with her. But it ends up becoming sinful to you. And so too often what we do is we put ourselves in tempting situations. Maybe you're dating someone, and in that dating situation, you stay up too late, you end up laying all over each other, and before you know it, man, you guys have gone too far. And even as believers, you regret it. But the thing is, you put yourself in that position. And so oftentimes what we do is we, we make excuses we just say, well, you know, I'm going to sin, but we don't do anything to put up defenses. You know, we, we see couples end up having affairs all the time. Too often it's because they don't have any boundaries in their marriage. You know, the husband can do whatever, the wife can do whatever. Hey, she goes out with a girl's night, the guy, he goes out with a guy's night. And that's fine if there's some boundaries there, but the thing is, is too often it leads to problems. And so we have to have some boundaries, we have to have some safeguards in our life. You might say, well, man, it doesn't sound like I'm going to be able to have any fun. You can have all the fun you want within the boundaries that God gives us. God wants to bless your marriage. There's some of you that maybe you're in a dating relationship right now, and you've already crossed the boundaries that God says, hey, listen, within marriage, I will bless that intimacy like you wouldn't believe. But because you're outside of God's marriage, He can't bless it because he, He's already said, I won't bless it. And He's not going to go against His Word. And so God wants to bless you, but here's the thing. You've got to be willing to say, God, I want to be under the center of your blessings. I want to be in the middle of your will. And so we've got to know the truth. We've got to resist darkness. And here's the thing. We've got to pursue God. You know, we, we've got a, a whole teaching series that we use here at our church to do life groups and stuff with. It's called Pursue God. And it's an incredible uh, you know, resource to all of you. It's available to everyone here. We have it through our website and stuff like that. But here's, here's the thing is you've got to want God. You've got to pursue God. You know, God has done everything he can to get to you. He's done everything that he can to save you. But he's not going to force himself on you. He's, he's going to do everything he can to, to persuade you to put your faith in his son Jesus. But you have to make that decision. He doesn't force himself on. He just, he just literally gave you freedom. He just went, you just went from being a slave. Now you're free. He's not going to make you a slave again. If anything, maybe a slave to righteousness. But the thing is, is we've got to be willing to say, God, I want you. I desire to know you. God, teach me from your word. God, show me what is truth and not what is opinion or what is passed down as, as, as stories that aren't true. So, God, I want to know the truth of your word. And so you have got to spend time in God's word. You have got to spend time in prayer. You've got to spend time in a life group. Maybe we, we're, we're kicking off uh, Titus 2 and Forge. Maybe you need to get involved in a discipleship group. You know, I just, I'm just telling you, we've got to have that desire to pursue God if we really want to stand firm whenever the temptations come. So there's a passage here in Proverbs, Proverbs 28:13 says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. I love that. I mean, look at what it says. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. I know some, some of you are probably going, all right, that's talking about prosperity, and that's talking about money. No, no, no. Your life will not be all that you desire for it to be, but if they confess and turn from their, from their sin, they will receive mercy. And so, man, let me tell you, talk about not prospering. If you don't turn from your sin and confess your sin, here's the thing. You're going to pay the consequences for that. And God wants to show mercy. He wants to show grace. You know, I've said this before. It's like with my boys. I've got three boys, and there's been times whenever they would do something, and I would say, hey, listen, 
I want you guys to tell me the truth. And if they would tell me the truth, the, the, my wrath would go down. And I would show grace and I would show mercy. But if they lied to me, it's almost like, you know what, it went up. And so I don't know if you're that way or not, and maybe that's my, the brokenness of me. But I'm just saying, whenever someone is come, comes forth and they uncover or they say, I confess something, there's a little bit of leniency that comes in there or mercy and grace that we see from God. And so look at this uh, next passage here, or this next statement. It says, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you. I think it's important for you to hear this today. Maybe you're sitting there and you feel like you're captive. Man, what a great time to hear about freedom on july 4th you know as we celebrate you know freedom that's what we're celebrating this weekend and it's an awesome thing to think about all the people that fought and and died for our freedom that we might have that but here's the thing that that's a freedom here in america that will not last to be honest with you but the freedom that we're talking about here will last for eternity and so look at what it says here in romans so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to christ jesus so if you have put your faith in christ if you have believed if you have believed with all the faith that you have that Christ is who he says he is, that he went to the cross, that he died for you, that he literally bled out his precious blood for the sins of the world, and you believe that, you know what, he, he was buried, he died, he was buried in a tomb, but was resurrected by the power of God. He left that, met with the men, the disciples that he'd been teaching and investing in, and then he ascended to sit at the right hand of the Father. If you believe all of that, that story, that is the gospel, and here's the thing, you will be saved. And look at this. So there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You belong to Him. You're part of His family. You've been set free and you're part of His family. And because you belong to Him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So you have been set free. You have had the, literally the power of the living God placed within you in the very core of where you, who you are. The Spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit is placed within us when we put our faith in Christ. So we've been free from the power of sin, at least death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. It goes back to what I said earlier, it's this flesh. Man, we can't, we can't not do all the things that we're told not to do. The law reveals how needy we are for a Savior. We needed a Savior. We couldn't get there on our own. So God did what the law could not do. He sent His own Son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving His Son as a sacrifice for our sins. Man, what a powerful statement. I love that. He did this so that just the requirement of the law, to just so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Let me just say this. If you're one of those where you sit around thinking about sinful things and ways to do sinful things, you're led by the by sinful spirit. You're not led by the Spirit of a, a holy God. But if you're spending time in God's Word and you have the Spirit of the living God living within you, then here's the thing. You're going to think about things that honor God and you're going to think about things that break God's heart and you're going to think man I don't want to do those things that dishonor God or, or hurt him or that shame what he has done for me if you really love God then I'm telling you by the Holy Spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit he is calling you to conviction and I hope that there's brokenness in your heart and I hope there's brokenness in your spirit over the sin that you are committing and continuing to commit when you know that it breaks the heart of God when it discredits His teaching and it literally discredits what His Son, Jesus, went through for you. And so my prayer for you is that you would come to a point of brokenness over your sin, 
I pray that the same for me. That, man, I'm broken over my sin. I don't justify it, but I'm broken over it. And I want to experience God's power and God's presence and God's freedom. So look at this next passage here. But if we confess our sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Confession is me agreeing with God. God, I have been living in sin. God, this, this has been sinful for me. God, I have been struggling with lust. God, I've been struggling with greed. God, I've been struggling with whatever it is. And maybe last week, you know, whenever God, God said, hey, listen, there's one thing. So what is that one thing? Maybe, you know, that is what I have been living as a captive to. Then you confess that to God. You say, God, I'm agreeing with you in a sin. And so, God, I'm asking you to help me be set free from that. And it goes back to what we said earlier. It's knowing the truth and knowing who you are, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing you're a child of God, knowing that you have, you're, you're co-heirs with Christ, you're a child of a king, and knowing that you're born again. Knowing. You know, the, I, I hear people all the time say, man, I hope I'm saved or I hope I'm going to heaven. Why in the world would you just put it on hope? Man, I would want to know. And God's Word tells us, I've told you these things that you might know that you have salvation. Not that you have to wonder or hope. You know, and so it's important for us to understand. So this is a great statement here, if we confess it. But God will, not do, God will not do our part, and we cannot do His part. God's done everything that He can. So God will not do our part. So God will not do what we can do. He's leaving it up to us to, to accept His Son. You know, there's an old story years ago of a, a guy who was a multimillionaire. He was giving away all this art. He was giving away everything that he had. And there was a guy that had, uh, you know, he had, he had painted a picture of his son. And uh, the guy had left it in his will that uh, they were going to do an auction. They were going to auction off all this incredible art, all this incredible stuff. And so they started out with this picture of his son. And it was a guy that had been there, been, uh, uh, you know, a friend of the family and a caretaker around the house, whatever. And he had... He knew the, the dad, he knew the son, and, and so he, he, he was kind of like family. And so they put this picture up for, you know, for auction, and nobody will bid on it. And it's just a, you know, it's a kind of very simple portrait of this boy. And the guy who was a family friend began to raise his hand, and, uh, you know, he, he got it for nothing. And so anyway, so the auctioneer closes the, uh, the auction. He says, he goes, that's it. And everybody's like, wait a minute, what about all this other art? What about all this other wealth? What about all this other stuff? And... And the guy takes out a piece of paper and he reads the will and he said, whoever, whoever takes the son gets it all. And I love that story. You know, and it's true for us. He who receives the son receives it all. And so God has told you and he's told me, man, if you'll receive my son, I'll give you everything. I'll give you freedom. I'll give you life. I'll give you eternal life. And maybe for you today, you're going to choose to receive Christ. So God will not do our part and we can't do his part, but we can Receive the gift of eternal life. And so this passage here, we've been talking about this throughout the series. But thank God He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, I thank God for, for Christ. I thank God for a Father who loved me enough that He sent His Son to get me, to save me, to redeem me. I'm thankful today that I, my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to share the gospel with you. To share the gospel with someone. And to tell someone how much the Heavenly Father wants a relationship with you. You can't get it through religion. You can't get it through trying to follow the law. You can only get it through grace. Let's look at these next steps. And so maybe for you today, the next step for you is know, you, who, know who you are in Christ and what He has done for you. Maybe today, maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're a believer already. Man, you begin to realize who you are in Christ, who you belong to, and what He's done for you. You begin to know the truth. So you go back and you begin to look at the Scriptures. Maybe we looked at today. Maybe you go back and read through Romans. You begin to realize, you know what? Man, I've been 
believing something different than what God's Word says because I haven't been in God's Word. So I want to know the truth. So know who you are in Christ and what He has done for you. And look at this next one. Resist the darkness and steer clear of what leads to sin. Don't put yourself in a situation where you're going to be tempted. Don't put yourself in a situation where it's going to be something that will pull you in a direction that you don't want to go and that God, you know God will be dishonored by that. And so you've got to make better decisions. So you've got to resist the darkness and steer clear of what leads to sin. Don't put yourself in a, in a tempting situation or a situation that gives uh, someone an opportunity to think differently of you. Be above reproach. And then here's the last one. Pursue God with all your heart and be used for His glory. I love because that's what Paul was saying. He said, man, just pursue God with everything He's in you. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, all of your strength, just like Jesus said. He said, and so it's not for you to get the glory. It's for God to receive the glory. And the more that you live out your faith, and the more that you live in a way that is honoring towards God, the more that other people will see Him in you, and they'll desire to have the relationship with God that you have. And so you become a witness of God's grace and God's mercy by living out your faith. I want to pray for you. And maybe you're here today, and you know, maybe you're thinking, you know what, man, that's what I want to do. I want to give my life to Christ. It's by faith that we're saved. It's not by works. It's not by trying to keep the law. It's by putting our faith in Christ and Christ alone. And so maybe right where you're at, you get down on your knees, or maybe you take somebody by the hand, or maybe you're sitting in a car. I don't know where you are, but here's the thing. Wherever you are, God knows exactly where you are, and He knows what's going on in your heart. Maybe you're a believer and you've been struggling. You know, whatever it might be. But maybe right now, you just get down on your knees and you say, God, I want to ask you to forgive me. I confess to you that I've been sinful. I confess to you that I've been living in sin. I confess to you that this is sin in my life. And I agree with you. And I want to quit living that way. I want to repent and turn to you. And maybe there's some of you that you've never accepted Christ. You say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come and live within me. Jesus, will you forgive me? Will you save me? And I'm telling you, his answer is yes. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for just today. I thank you for the opportunity. Uh, God, I thank you for the opportunity just to talk about the freedom we have in Christ. Here we are on 4th of July weekend. So God, I just pray that you would be honored by the reading of your word, by the teaching of your word. And God, I pray that someone somewhere would put their faith in you, Lord Father, in your son Jesus and what he did on the cross. Father, they would receive your gift of grace, your gift of mercy. And God, thank you again for meeting with us. God, no matter where we are. And God, you know, already know everything about us. But God, if we'll confess that sin, you're faithful and just and will forgive us of all unrighteousness. God, thank you for your mercy. And God, I pray that you are honored today in every possible way, possible way by what we have done here as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just made a decision to follow Christ, we want you to know it is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you will text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we would love to help you as you start this journey with Christ. Again, we are so excited to see what all God does in you and through you. I want to encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. We do that through our giving. Now, we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Church giving page. And there, you can return your tithe and offering. If you need help learning about anything about giving online, we have several tutorial videos on our YouTube page. Your giving allows us to continue making an increasing impact for the gospel. So take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. Let's pray over the offering. God, I thank you for the opportunity to bring our tithes and offering and just to make an increasing impact in the kingdom around us, Lord. I pray that you just multiply it and you just affect the kingdom worldwide, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. 